Well, another Cricket World Cup has been run and done and won by the Australians. Uh, joining us now, cricket commentator Garth Galloway. Garth, uh, this wasn't the script everyone had written going into the final. Well, well, certainly not the hundred thousand or so people who were watching in the in the ground, and and you know, literally, I suspect millions of uh, Indians. You know, I mean, this Indian side has been the form side. Uh, many of us were saying it was very hard for them to to see them being beaten, but I suppose if there's one side who could do it, uh, then it's Australia. You know, they've gone through this year as uh, Ashes champions. Uh, they won the uh, World Test Championship. And now they add this uh, trophy to their cabinet. They've been, you know, they've been terrific. And I thought they, again, uh, came out yesterday with a real sense of purpose in the field. Uh, you know, they put a lot of pressure on India. And I think when India look back on this, um, you know, they will probably regret some of the shots that uh, they played. And I'm thinking in particular Sharma and Gill, who, who threw their wickets away, really, and, and allowed Australia just to creep into the game and get a stranglehold. You say the shots they played, and I'd almost say the shots they didn't play as well. Cause yeah. After seven or eight overs, they were they were just flying, and then shut up shop. I mean, I saw a stat to, um, just this morning that in the first ten overs, India hit twelve boundaries. In the final forty overs, they hit four. Incredible, isn't it? When you think about how many boundaries they've hit, and particularly players like Sharma and Kohli throughout the tournament. Uh, you know, it, it's always interesting with sport, Mark, and, and you know this, you, you've watched plenty, um, just how pressure can impact on players. Um, and I think we saw it, you know, that if Australia were to, to have a, a real opportunity, they had to pick up wickets early. And sure, India got away to a reasonable start, but in the context of the game, you know, when the first couple of wickets fell, uh, there weren't that many overs gone, and it did allow Australia just to get back into the game. And you could see at that point that suddenly there was a tentativeness about the Indians. Uh, you know, gone was that sort of rock and roll approach of Sharma, which has been so effective throughout the tournament. Uh, and, and it did just seem to change things. And I thought, you know, you see, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And I thought, by far, uh, Pat Cummins' best spell of the of the World Cup, you know, 10 overs, 2 for 34. Terrific performance by him. He's been a bit off form throughout the tournament. Uh, he was bang on this morning. You mentioned Sharma and how he waltzed through the tournament and set it all up. I, when he went out, I thought, is that a Brendan McCullum moment? Because very similar to the World Cup here when in the final and he was sawn off early and the whole of New Zealand goes, oh God, what do we do now? Yeah, and, and, and it just didn't need to, you know, it really didn't need to happen in that way. I didn't think he had taken four and six off Maxwell. He was completely dominating him. And at that stage, you know, India was 76 for one off nine and a half overs. So they were they were racing along, really. Um, and, 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 you know, to see him try and hit uh, Maxwell inside out, I just thought it was, was a real lapse in concentration by him and a mistake. When you've taken four and six, uh, and your team's going at nine runs and over, uh, you know, the, the, the last thing they needed then was for Sharma to throw his wicket away. And then, of course, Aya got out in the 10th over, and suddenly they were 81 for three. Mm. And you had, you know, Coley and Rahul desperately trying to right the ship. And that, that just changes the dynamics completely. And I thought Australia capitalised on that extremely well. Incredible performance by Travis Head once again. Um, yep. Obviously, we saw his value. Obviously, we saw why they were prepared to take an inj injured Travis Head. I think he missed the first four or five games. Boy, what an innings. Yeah, incredible. And, you know, for him, uh, you know, what a special what a special player he's turned out to be for 
the Australians. You know, I mean, he's, he's a hell of a useful. He's played 42 tests now. He has the averages of 45. His one day averages 42, and his T21s, you know, just approaching 30. But the thing, the thing that I think you know, that really strikes me about the way that he's played this tournament is is his strike rate, which has just been incredible, above 120 for an opening batsman um, throughout the tournament. You know, head has made an enormous difference, two centuries. And, you know, I would be surprised if he will play a more important innings in his life than the one he's just played for Australia to score uh, 137 out of that total, 241 incredible performance by him. And um, and it wasn't just, you know, it's not, not just the fact that he got the runs, it's the way that he went about it. And, you know, I thought when India were making changes and bringing back Bumra and Shami and so on, there were a couple of times where he'd uh, hit their first balls of a new spell away to the boundary for four. And, you know, it, it very much smacked of him wanting to dominate in a way that we haven't seen the Indian bowlers dominated during this tournament. And, you know, when it comes to final time, that's tough. That's something India couldn't do, and I thought Head was incredible. The other person who, who'll get some accolades, but but Captain Cummins, as, as you mentioned, um, won the Ashes, won the World Test Championship, won the World Cup, uh, won the toss, and did something that people didn't think he'd do. But um, just incredible. His He was like a chess player with his bowlers last night. Yeah, and I think that, that's something that I like about the 50-over game is that it does allow that, whereas I think in 2020, you know, a, a lot of that sort of um, the really great captaincy comes out of it, you know, that ability. You, t- you know, you talk about chess, and I think that's a really good comparison where you, and, and you see it even more in test cricket where plans are built and you've got to think, uh, you know, a long way ahead sometimes to get a wicket. And, and we did see him doing that, and I thought he was masterful. Every move he seemed to make was the right one. I thought his decision to put India into bat, you know, I was uh, texting a few friends and we we're all going, you know, what on earth is going on here? Why would you do that? Well, he got it, you know, he got it absolutely right. Um, I mean, he had a bit of assistance from the Indian batsmen throwing their wickets away at silly times. But, you know, overall, um, a, a really fine captaincy performance by him. And as I say, his best bowling performance during the tournament, 10 overs, 2 for 34. And, and, and you know, what a year he's had. He, he's, um, he, you know, he seems to play the game. I know, you know, I was at Lords when Bairstow was run out and, and there have been a few moments where you question a little bit the Australian psyche. But generally, generally Cummins seems to play the game in a pretty good spirit. And he seems like a, a, a likeable sort of fellow who's... Um, who's a, a really fine athlete. And, and don't forget also in that game against Afghanistan where Australia was struggling, uh, he batted a very long time indeed with Glenn Maxwell, batted for an age to support Maxwell through. And, you know, those sort of moments are very important in the context of a tournament. Sometimes they're not quite appreciated at the time. But when you look back, um, that innings by Cummins uh, will be, you know, was, was again a, a very compelling one. Interesting too when I didn't watch the whole match obviously but um, normally when Australia win you think oh who's got the runs was it Warner, Smith or Maxwell well none of them <laughs> No and Labuschagne contributed something this time but, but Labuschagne and Smith have been struggling throughout the tournament by their standards um, you know it's a bit like you look at a player like for New Zealand Devin Conway who I think averaged around 41 and, and you know you think by his standards that's a failure I mean that, that's just because you know what they're capable of and you know how good they are. Um, Warner's had a pretty good tournament, though, for Australia. But again, Smith and Labuschagne just struggling a little bit in the middle order. Uh, Maxwell's been very good throughout the tournament, as everyone knows. But 
gee whiz, I think the innings of head is the one that will will you know stick. I mean, Maxwell's one against Afghanistan was was supreme, but uh, this one from head in a World Cup final when uh, Australia were what forty seven for three and in a bit of trouble, what an innings. The World Cup as a whole, Garth, I was watching the build-up to the final last night with the planes that normally in South African Springbok tests, you get a plane goes over once. These things went over a dozen times. Um, a sea of blue, over 100,000. They looked like there were 100,000 outside the ground that couldn't get in. I felt like it was a different game to the Cricket World Cup. It looked enormous, whereas the, the rest of the tournament seemed... Um, in, in the nicest possible way, plot along a little bit into this yeah, massive finale. Yeah, and, and one where the um, story has been completely rewritten. You know, the script got thrown out the window, didn't it? And, um, you know, I just felt India just thought, I mean, I think it, it, it is, it's very hard to win, you know, a number of games on the trot. And when you see them winning every game in the round robin and then getting through their semi final reasonably comfortable against New Zealand. It, it, you know, something's going to give at some stage, isn't it? But it did feel like a completely different occasion. I don't know if you saw uh, the warm-ups and uh, Ravi Shastri was um, was doing some TV commentary and, and down the toss. Just, just an extraordinary performance by him. It was, um, <laughs> I, I just wondered what on earth he was on. Was he, you know, it was, uh, well, it was like Danny Morrison on steroids, wasn't it? It mm. was just bizarre. And, and, you know, it just smacked to me of just how, cocky and arrogant the you know the Indians were and, and you know I like the way they play it but I but I have found the tournament slightly painful from the point of view of um of you know the Indian uh, you know there's the, the, the sort of a complacency and a smugness a little bit about about them in my view um and you know who would have thought that that some Kiwis will be very happy to see an Australian win Mm. And finally, your report card, Garth, on the Black Caps. Obviously, the, there's no rest for the wicked. They just carry on playing. They'll do do yeah. a bit of a review. How, how how do you how do you assess the Black Caps in this World Cup? Um, well, I, I think they did exactly what you would expect them to do. So, in other words, I, I feel that they fit into that fourth place. Um, they, as we all know, they lost to India, South Africa, and Australia, and those sides were all better than them. And then they lost to Pakistan in that Duckworth Lewis match, which was something of a an aberration, really. But um, I, I just I, I feel you know there were moments where they played really good cricket. They looked to be a united side. Um, you know, Mitchell, Ravindra, Santner, I think probably the stars of of, of the side. Um, concerns about Latham and his form. Overall, uh, you know, I, I think that they, that they did well. They won those first four games. You know, those are the ones where some teams slipped up against um, the Netherlands and Afghanistan. You know, we saw South Africa and England uh, making mistakes against those sides. And New Zealand, they won the matches that they had to win. And, you know, I, so I thought it was a pretty good tournament for them. I think some questions now about the future of the side and and the rebuilding. And, you know, I, I Questions about Bolt's future. Uh, questions, I think, about Saudi's future and white ball cricket as well. And uh, you know, I, I I think they're going to have to start digging deep and rebuilding a little bit now, bringing through some fresh players. And, and you know, it's not entirely obvious where those players are going to come from. So you know, I, I think there'll be some challenges ahead. But uh, definitely a pass mark for me at this tournament. Some very good cricket. And this summer of cricket we've got coming up, which we've got commentary here on SNZ, this is the perfect summer, I guess, to put a full stop on some careers and, and really go and explore. I think it is. And, um, you, you know, you look at, I mean, you always want um, careers to be 
uh, coming to an end in a mutual way as opposed to, you know, um, um, people always should have opportunities to get out on their own terms. I thought, uh, you know, New Zealand were um, odd in the way that they dealt with, you know, with Ross Taylor. They wanted them to have a couple of tests at home. I just find that sort of stuff when his form was so poor, you know, it just feels a bit too sentimental for me at um, at, at international sport. Uh, so I do hope that when, you know, if there are some players who they're not going to, uh, to, to see having a you know much further in the future that there are some good discussions that are had now, and, and they just get on with it because um, you know we've got Bangladesh and Pakistan coming up at home. Those those are great opportunities to blood players and to bring them through, and then of course you've got South Africa and Australia, and who knows what sort of South African side is going to turn up here. That sounds like. It might be something of a B-side. Um, so, so really good opportunities to bring some players through. And people, you know, we're just going to have to, to get used to that and, and to accept that uh, the results might not be as good. But this is a side that has delivered time and time again over a long period of time. And I think New Zealanders should be very proud of them. Uh, and we're going to see some changes in the not-too-distant future. And, and that's as you would expect. And two coaches? Could, could that happen? That, I, I like that idea. Um, I really do. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a hell of a workload on, on Gary Stead. I know that he, he seems to be happy doing it. Um, I, you know, a lot of other sides are using the two-coach approach. Uh, for me, I would prefer it. Um, I think it allows just possibly a little bit more innovation, a change of thinking. And so I would, you know, I'd very much like to see a different coach coaching the white ball team. Um, that's obviously a matter for New Zealand cricket. I was a little bit surprised it didn't happen earlier when there was a review done and, and Gary was reappointed. He's done a good job with the team. Um, make no mistake, the results have been good. But I do think, uh, you know, the idea of having separate coaches is quite appealing to me. Yep, me too. Garth Galloway, thanks as always making yourself available to us. Uh, cricket might have finished at the World Cup, but it hasn't finished this summer. We've got a big one ahead. <laughs> Just starting. Looking forward to it, mate.